And on this Mother's Day, I would like you to turn in your Bibles, if you would, to Proverbs chapter 31. Proverbs chapter 31, and we are going to use this as a jumping off point for a couple different things. And then we will look at some other examples in Scripture, so make sure that you have your page turning fingers ready and uh, your your reading voice is ready because I will appreciate help with reading some of these passages. But I wanted to start out today with the following intro. And I have to say that when I found out basically last minute that I needed to be prepared for today, my dad helped me because he showed me a message that he had done. And so I um, took some inspiration from that in preparing this. And including this story that I'm about to start out with. And this story is simply called Three Sons. Three sons left home, went into business, went into the business world and prospered. Getting back together, they discussed the gifts they were able to give their elderly mother. The first said, I built a big house for our mother. The second said, I, I sent her a Lexus with the driver. The third smiled and said, I've got you both beat. You know how much mom enjoys reading the Bible, and you know that she can't see very well. So I sent her a remarkable parrot that recites the entire Bible. It took the monks in the monastery 12 years to teach him. He's one of a kind. Mama just has to name the chapter and verse, and the parrot recites it. Soon thereafter, mom sent out a letter of thanks. Milton, she wrote one son, the house you build is so huge. I live in only one room, but I have to clean the whole house. (laughs) Gerald, she wrote to another, I am too old to travel. I stay most of the time at home, so I rarely use the Mercedes, and the driver is so rude. (laughs) Dearest Donald, she wrote the third son, you have the good sense to know what your mother likes. The chicken was absolutely delicious. (laughs) Ah... So there you have it. Make sure that you are clear in your intentions and your instructions when you give your mother a gift. Because <laughs> you could end up spending an awful lot on chicken. <laughs> um, all right, well, I have three points today in my sermon simply called Honor Your Mother. And there's three reasons, I know there's more, but there's three reasons that I've come up with from the pages of Scripture that, um, and from uh, considering this, um, looking for inspiration online as well, that we can consider in honoring our mother. The first one is because she is resourceful. So let's turn in our Bibles, as I said, to Proverbs 31 and read verses 13 to 24. Okay. Proverbs thirty-one, thirteen. She seeketh wool and flax. She worketh willingly with her hands. She is like the merchant ships who bringeth her food from afar. She rises also while it is yet night and giveth meat to her household and a portion to her maidens. She considereth the field and buyeth it. With the fruit of her hands she planteth a vineyard. She girdeth her loins with strength and strengtheneth... Um, her arms. She perceiveth that her merchandise is good. Her candeth goeth not out by night. She layeth her hands to the spindle, and her hands hold the distaff. She stretches out her hand to the poor. Yea, she reaches forth her hands to the needy. 
She is not afraid of the snow for her household, for all her household are clothed with scarlet. She maketh herself covering the tapestry, her clothing is silk and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sitteth among the elders of the land. She maketh fine linen and selleth it and delivereth girdles unto the merchant. So I just want to consider a couple of these things. Um, she seeketh the wool and the flax and worketh willingly with her hands. My mom basically works um, in some way with her hands from sunup to sundown. Um, so, and I know that many of you who are moms have experienced that at least at different stages in your life where it seems like you're always uh, doing something. She is like the merchant ship. She brings her food from afar. My mom um, knows how to shop for a deal. And sometimes that means eating a lot of something for a, a prolonged period of time. But um, I, think that, I think that is really uh, noble of her. She rises while it is yet night and giveth meat to her household and a portion to her maidens. My mom is usually the first person out of bed or the second, depending on when my dad gets up. But she's always up early to give us breakfast before we go to work. And I really appreciate that. She very easily could say, well, um, get your breakfast and your lunch together yourself. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll sleep in. But she doesn't do that. And I'm very glad. She considers a field and buyeth it. With the fruit of her hand, she planteth a vineyard. She girds her loins with strength and strengtheneth her arms. She perceiveth that her merchandise is good. Her candle goeth not out by night. Now, um, we, we don't have as much of this now that we don't have little kids in the house, but I know there were many nights when mom would be awake late in the night um, taking care of one of us. And today, as we've gotten older, sometimes she's awake late in the night talking to us about important subjects and things that we need to get off our chest and, and things that need to be dealt with because the time during the day just wasn't enough to get those discussions out. And I know that means a lot specifically to my sisters at the times when she's able to do that. Um, she layeth her hands to the spindle and her hands hold the distaff. She stretches out her hand to the poor she reaches forth her hand to the needy. Um, just this past week, um, I remember there was a time when we were driving down the highway and there's this one section in Grand Rapids where there's always a homeless person standing there. And usually we just pass by because um, it's not that advisable to give them financing, to give them cash. But my mom had some fruit, and so she passed it out the window to this gentleman, and he was very grateful for it. So I was just grateful to see an example of that from my mom. She is not afraid of the snow for her household, um, of, for, her household for all her household are clothed in, clothed in scarlet. Now... Uh, I'm not clothed in scarlet, but 
My mom's pretty good at keeping me clothed in sweaters. And that helps me to get through the winter. Um, she maketh herself covering of tapestry. Her clothing is silk and purple. And uh, my mom makes a lot of her own clothing, and she makes clothing for especially her granddaughters. And uh, she takes great delight in that. And when the kids wear those clothes, and, and, and my sister or my brother or whoever it is that has them posts those pictures or whatever that really helped my mom to be uh, to give her confidence and to bless her because of what she has done and the sacrifices that she makes for us. Her husband is known among the gates when he sitteth among the elders of the land. She maketh fine linen and selleth it and delivereth girdles unto the merchant. Strength and honor are her clothing and she shall rejoice in time to come. Um, so as we finish up this section here, um, my mom uh, is a real big help to my husband, or to my, my, my dad. And my dad often says that he doesn't know where he would be without her. And uh, knowing, uh, I, and I sometimes wonder the same thing, where would we be without my mom? So I'm very grateful for her and, and for her sacrifice. And um, it's kind of funny when people talk about careers that um, their moms have or whatever. My mom was always too busy to ever consider having a job outside of the home. Um, trust me, we keep her hopping from one thing to another. And she tries to remember all the schedules and juggle carpools and all that stuff to make things easier for us. And I don't know how she does it, um, but I'm grateful. And so just looking at these um, things here, um, it's not, it's kind of giving a picture of perfection, but at the same time, it's not. It's, it's someone who is making a valiant effort to do the right thing. Um, you know, and, and the Bible says that a virtuous woman, her price is far above rubies. And so it's something that we should aspire to. And I'm thankful that I have a mother um, who is the type of mother who, those are the type of qualities that I desire if the Lord were to give me a wife is someone that love, would love me well, would love my children well, and would also um, care for us and would do us good and not evil all the days of her life. And that can only happen through the grace and mercy of God. None of us are perfect. And, uh, my, but my parents have shown through example that the imperfections in marriage can um, be overcome if you're willing to forgive one another. If you know, marriage is is not a union of two perfect people. It's just a union of two people that are good forgivers. That's what a good marriage is, and my parents exemplify that, and so I'm thankful for it. So the first point was that. 
we need to um, that we need to honor our mother because she is resourceful. And I'm pretty sure that for most of us in this room, if you think back, you can realize different ways in which your mother was resourceful and how she put you first. Um, so I want to encourage you in that. And then the second point that I have here is because she is responsible. And we're going to continue to read in Proverbs 31, 25. Twenty-seven. Strength and honor are her clothing, and she shall rejoice in time to come. She openeth her mouth with wisdom, and in her tongue is the law of kindness. She looketh well to the ways of her husband, and eateth not the bread of idleness. I've already said that my mom is busy all day long. Sometimes she has so much going on that it's hard for her to keep it all straight and remember what, what exactly she's doing, but she does her best. And um, I, my mom is a strong mom. String and honor are her clothing because she dealt with two things that would tear a lot of people apart. You see, in the spring of 1979, 40 years ago now, she was sitting in a church service on a vacation with my dad for the last time before they would welcome me into the world. And for reasons that we do not understand, I was born that day at 11.22 in the morning during morning worship, and this young 19-year-old woman was not just a mom, but a mom of someone with a great deal of special needs. But she didn't worry. I even asked her once, I said, did you fear for my life? And she said, I knew as soon as I heard you cry. <laughs> that you were going to be okay. I'm so grateful for my mom in a variety of ways, mostly that she didn't give up on having children after I was born. She didn't let that scare her. I love each of my 11 siblings, and they've all done great things for me and made my life rich and made me be able to accomplish things that I never would have been able to do without them. I just watched my youngest sister graduate from high school yesterday and have her open house, and it's very surreal to think that we're all adults now. Because being that 22-year-old guy and having a baby sister, you think she's never going to grow up, and then she does. But, um... So, well, my parents were always there, pushing me, encouraging me. My mom made the difficult decision. Well, it might not have been difficult for her, but I see it kind of as one to homeschool me. 
after I was struggling in public school. I think she had an idea of homeschooling me from the very beginning, but was kind of scared because it was not legal at the time. And it's because of her dedication that I graduated from high school in 1998, and I graduated from college in 2006 with a bachelor's degree in, uh, in communications with a 3.93 GPA. These are things that the people that were working with me in special ed never thought I would do. I kind of joke with my mom every once in a while that I should sign up to be a substitute teacher there just so they can see how wrong they were. Um, I got my first long-term job at Right to Life of Michigan because I listened to my mother. She um, told me like a year before I actually got the job that Right to Life needed telemarketers and um, I had come off a really bad telemarketing experience with the JCPenney catalog, and so I said, I'm never going to do telemarketing again. And then when I got the job at Right to Life, I said, I'm just going to telemarket for a few years while I'm in college, and then I'll be done. I ended up being there 10 and a half years. And I believe it was my mom, too, that encouraged me to volunteer um, so that I could get job experience, and that's how I got my job at Guiding Light Mission, where I worked for a year, and then um, there's also my mom and my dad, who are instrumental in my starting my speaking ministry, speaking for him, and beginning to speak on a regular basis, and preach the Word of God, and share my story. But you know, my story is my mom's story. If it wasn't for her sacrifices, I wouldn't be here today. She was there when I accepted the free gift of salvation. She was there when I started to feel God's call into ministry. She told me once when I was a teenager, she opened up the Bible, and when I was really struggling with who I was, and she said, God says that the firstborn are his. And so I believe that God has claimed you for a special purpose. And uh, she held me when my brother died, and I wanted to die too. And she told me not to give up. And she was there when I... Um, was struggling with where to go to college and I didn't want to go, but she made me go anyway. And she was there the number of numerous times when I said I wanted to quit because it was too hard. And she was there the day I graduated. And I graduated because her and my dad would not let me say I can't do something. And she was there to rejoice with me when I got my current job at Potter's House Christian School, a place that I hope to be at for a long time. And if the Lord is so gracious to retire from, because I've never had a better job in my entire life. 
But all of this is possible only because of my mom. And if my mom hadn't kept having my siblings, then I wouldn't have the help that I need to thrive, not just survive. My, I never thought in some ways that I'd ever get to the day where my little sister was driving me around places. And she'll tell you that I'm one of the worst passengers ever sometimes. <laughs> but I'm getting better. And every time I've um, gotten used to a new driver, it's been a new adventure. A new, uh, my blood pressure's probably reached new heights. I'm glad I never take my blood pressure while I'm riding in a car. <laughs> I don't think it would be a very pretty picture. But that's why I can look at life as someone who is almost 40 years old and say, to God be the glory. Great things he has done. And the thing is, I know that my mom is not a superhero. But just like Mary in the Bible, I know her soul magnifies the Lord. I watched her endure the death of her father last fall, and I know it's hard for her still. But I know that God is her sustaining grace. And I'm so... Very grateful for that. Okay, so as we review, we our first point was we should honor our mother because she is resourceful. Proverbs 31, 13 to 24. And we talked about all the ways that the virtuous woman helps her family and does the things that her family needs. Please don't miss that, those in my audience. The world would have you to say that motherhood is not worthy of your time. We're getting to the place where we have leaders in um, our government who want to lead our government who are saying, maybe it would be better if we had no children at all. But Jesus said, suffer the little children to come unto me, for of such is the kingdom of heaven. So you want to talk about kingdom makers... Mothers are that. Please see yourself as that. It's so important. I'm sure there were hard days. There still are hard days. I can be a difficult person. But there will be a time when you see a payoff. There will be a time when, as Proverbs 31 goes on to say, your children will rise and call you blessed. So I just want to encourage you in that. And then our third point and final point of the morning where we will spend some time is because we have biblical admonitions and examples to follow. When the Bible says something, we need to listen. And when the Bible gives uh, not only admonitions, not only instruction, but also examples of what it means to do the thing that God says that makes it in some ways even more important. Because it's almost like God is saying, in case you missed it, 
Check this out. So let's look at some scriptures together, shall we? The first thing I want to bring you up is bring up with you is the admonition of despise not your mother. If someone could read Proverbs 22, 23 to 25. Proverbs 22, 23 to 25. If one of you gentlemen gets there, you could stand and read it for us. I would really appreciate it. For the Lord will plead their case and plunder the soul of those who plunder them. Make no friendship with any angry man and with a furious man do not go lest you learn his ways and set a snare for your soul. Is that the right one? That, that's Proverbs 22. I must have gotten the wrong reference. Let me see if I can find it. It might, yeah, that might be it. Yeah. Same verses. Okay, so you'll want to make a note in your notes that it is Proverbs 23, not 22. I apologize for that oversight, but the point is the same. You notice we said in Proverbs 31 that um, uh, we are talking. We were talking about all the the things that. A mother does for us. And we talked about how she is clothed with strength and wisdom. She opened her mouth with wisdom. And then we read in Proverbs chapter 23, Despise not your mother when she is old. Why? Because you're seeking wisdom. Your mother is one of the main ways that God gives you wisdom. And we learn from Pilate that it's important to listen to your wife. And I think one way that you learn to listen to your wife as a man is to start out listening to your mother. If I don't listen to my mother, if I don't listen to her wisdom and take it under advisement, how in the world am I ever going to expect that at some future time a wife is going to feel confident to give me her wisdom and her advice and have me listen. Everything that happens today is a training ground for what will happen tomorrow. All right, so our first uh, admonition was despise not your mother. Our next one is don't use God as an excuse not to honor your mother. 
Now you would think it would be funny, or you would think it would be almost impossible for someone to do this, but if we turn to Matthew chapter 15, Matthew chapter 15, 3 to 9, that's exactly what we find. So if someone could read Matthew 15, 3 to 9, that would be great. But he answered and said unto them, Why do ye also transgress the commandment of God by your tradition? For God commanded, saying, Honor thy father and mother. He that curseth father or mother, let him die the death. But ye say, Whosoever shall say to his father or his mother, It is a gift by whatsoever thou mightest, thou mightest be profited by me. Profited by me. And honor not his father or his mother, he shall be free. Thus have ye made the commandment of God of none effect by your tradition. Ye hypocrites, well did Isaiah prophesy of you, saying, This people draws nigh unto me with their mouth, and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. But in vain they worship, worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. So, we're talking about, in this passage, men who profess to know God. Their lips profess me, Jesus says in the end of that passage, but their hearts are far from me. And what is the evidence of that that Jesus is talking about? He's not talking about a lack of church going. He's not talking about a lack of prayer, although those are indicators as well. He's talking about something perhaps even more basic, a lack of honoring your parents. We are called to honor our father and our mother, and we are called not to use God as an excuse. Oh, mom, oh, dad, I couldn't take care of you because God wanted me to give this money away. God provides for all of our needs, so if God wants you to give money away, he will provide for you to care for those in your family. The Bible says that if you provide not for your own, you're worse than an infidel. And yes, I believe that's talking about your family, but I believe it's also talking about your parents. We live in a culture that says that everybody should be individual. Nobody should care for one another. But the Bible says the exact opposite. The Bible says that the first century church had all things in common and gave to one another as they had need because that's what a Christ-honoring church should do. And a Christ-honoring church is only as Christ-honoring as the families that are within it. And one thing that we really need to do in our culture so bad is erase the generation gap. Because it's not of God. It's an evil thing that the world tries to foist upon us. One of the best things that my parents did for me is to encourage me to have friendships with people of all ages, to realize that I can gain wisdom from those who are older, that I can give wisdom to those that are younger, and that in the middle of all that, I can be protected in a way that I wouldn't be if I was simply seeking after my peers. The Bible says that he who walks with wise men will be wise, but a companion of fools will be destroyed. Yes, it's important for me to have friends that are in my life stage, and encourage them. But you know what? How can I walk in wisdom if I'm not talking to people that have experienced the very things that I'm experiencing right now? 
How can I walk in wisdom if someone who's gone through what I'm going through doesn't come alongside me and say, don't do this. It caused problems for me. Do this instead. I want to encourage you who are young to learn from the wise, to learn from the older. It's been said, I heard it said that everyone in their life should have a Paul who they look up to and a Timothy who they disciple. And probably multiple on each of those levels. Because we are to have the word of God committed to us by older men and then we are to commit those words to other men, to younger faithful men who are able to teach others also. The word of God is under attack today in a way that it has never been before. Men who are claiming to know the Lord Jesus Christ know only his words and not the power of his salvation. It's time for the church to stand up and speak the truth in love, knowing that even if you speak the truth in love, certain people will hate you because Jesus said, if the world Hates you. Remember that it hated me before you. And he said, Woe unto you if all men speak well of you. We need to take these things seriously. So we've looked at despise not your mother. We've looked at don't use God as an excuse. Now let's look at some examples from people who have honored their mothers. First is Ruth. Please turn to Ruth chapter 1, verses 15 to 17. Ruth 1, 15 to 17. So we see the great dedication of Ruth to her mother-in-law, Naomi. Now in our culture today, mother-in-laws don't usually get a very good reputation. Ruth was not Naomi's daughter. Her connection to Naomi had died in her husband. But she still saw something in Naomi that she wanted. And she saw that even with her failings, Naomi believed God. And she loved Naomi, and she said, don't ask me to leave you. And she stayed with Naomi. Not only did she go back with Naomi, but she went to the fields to care for Naomi, because Naomi couldn't care for herself. What a wonderful testament to God's faithfulness And it was noticed by someone very important. 
Boaz, her kinsman redeemer, who said the words I mentioned earlier. And he was talking to her about the virtue that he knew about her. And he said, blessed are you who have come to know the one true God and have come to take refuge under his wings. So this virtue that Ruth had emanated from her. See, when we have the right relationship with our mothers, when we have the right attitude toward our mothers, people will know. And it will affect other areas of our lives. And Naomi wanted Ruth well taken care of too, and that's why she directed her in her dealings with Boaz, and Boaz did the right thing, and then they had a baby together, and that was the father of Jesse, who was the father of David, who, whose royal line Jesus came from. So if you ever want to think that your decisions are made in a bubble, that nothing you do matters, think about all those things that happened in the Bible because Ruth was obedient to God. Because Ruth did not leave her mother-in-law without resource. Her mother-in-law said, I have nothing to give you. If I even would uh, gain conception tonight, would you wait around for my son to reach the right age to marry you? No, you wouldn't. So I have nothing to give you. But Ruth said, don't tell me to leave you. I'm going to stay with you. And that passage has greater significance for me because my parents used that in their wedding and I've thought about it ever since in a very special way our next example is Solomon if we could read 1 Kings 2 19 and 20 1 Kings 2 19 and 20 So we see a couple things here. First of all, if we read on, we find out that, that this was a nefarious thing for Adonijah to ask her to do. But I don't want to focus on that. I want to focus on what he did for his mother. Because he bowed down before her. He's the king of Israel. He bowed down before her, number one. He brought a throne for her. And then she said, I have a request of you. Don't refuse me. And he said, I'll do anything for you. I will not refuse you. Now, isn't that honoring to a level that we often don't get? And yet, this is Solomon. And I also think it's extra special when you realize the circumstances of David and Bathsheba getting together. That God brought beauty from ashes. And then finally, Jesus. I want to look at a couple passages very quickly. 
Luke 2, 51 and 52, and John 19, 25 to 27. If we could read the Luke passage first, followed by the John passage. Uh, Luke 2, 51 and 52, and John 19, 25 to 27. And he went down with The perfect son of God was in submission to imperfect parents, and he increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and with man. There it is again, increasing in wisdom as you listen to your mother. All right, John 19, 25 to 27. So we see here that even Jesus, as he's writhing in agony, as he's in a battle of the ages between heaven and earth, he's still thinking of others. He's still thinking of his mother, who as the oldest son he had responsibility for. But he passes it on to John, because John had a close relationship with him. Notice he doesn't give it to Jude or James, his brothers, because they don't believe in him yet. Later they do, which is great. But he gives her to someone who believes, the disciple whom he loved. All right, so I just want to close with this story and then I'll pray. The conclusion is this. My Little St. Nick by Brenda Bolker, Winsner, Pinedale, Wyoming. My six-year-old Nicholas sat in the grocery cart as I perused the canned vegetables. How about this one, Mommy, he asked and he handed me a can of asparagus. I love asparagus, I told him. Asparagus is my favorite vegetable, but it's just too expensive. I put the can on the shelf. Three months later, I opened a crudely wrapped present from under the Christmas tree. It was a can of asparagus. Nicholas beamed in delight and explained how he had saved his pennies to buy me the best Christmas gift I'd ever received. It was asparagus. A unique gift, but it was what his mom loved. And he knew it. And he paid attention. And he saved his pennies to give it to her because that is the love that we should have for our mothers. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for the examples that you've given us in Scripture for mothers. We thank you for Jesus and how he was with his own mother. And we thank you for Solomon and for Ruth. And there's probably other examples that I can't think of right now. But just I thank you for showing us the importance of motherhood from your word. And I pray that you would encourage and bolster each of the mothers who are here.
that you'd give them your blessing and make your face shine upon them and give them peace. In Jesus' precious name, amen.